Hello everyone, welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host, Tyler Callahan, and while it is a holiday week, thanks to Thanksgiving, there are still numbers to break down and news to discuss. So let's get to it with the numbers. Opening in first place is Ghostbusters Afterlife with 44 million. In second place is Eternals with 10.8 million for a total of 135.8 million. Third place was Clifford the Big Red Dog with 8.1 million for a total of 33.5 million. Opening in fourth place was King Richard with 5.7 million. And lastly in fifth place was Dune with 3 million for a total of 98.2 million. So we had two new releases this week. The first was Ghostbusters Afterlife, which performed pretty well with 44 million. It's gotten good reviews and looks like it'll perform better than the last one from 2016. We will have to see how the, its worldwide numbers look like at the end of its run to see if Sony will pursue a sequel, but right now I'd say chances are looking pretty good. The other release was King Richard, and yeah, it kind of bombed. Analysts put it at opening at 10 million, uh, but it came in at almost half of that. While I think HBO Max obviously had something to do with it, the issue is with the marketing, I believe, and even the movie itself. Based on the title and the marketing, the movie is more focused on the father of Venus and Serena Williams, and not the sisters themselves. The issue is, no one gives a fuck about the father. People love and adore the sisters. Also, it does not help that the title is about him and not them. Now, I've read it was the title that the sisters came up with to honor their father. If it's true, that's very nice of them. But looking at it from selling a movie, if I'm, if I'm a studio executive and I'm trying to promote and sell this movie, it's a terrible title. Anyway, at least for Warner Brothers, this one is not the most important film to make money, as it's clearly looking at the award circuit in the coming months and hoping to get a few nominations for it. Taking a look at China, staying in first place for the second weekend in a row is Be Somebody with 23.9 million for a current total of 60.3 million. In second place was The Door Lock, which opened to 20.2 million. Third place is Railway Heroes, which opened to 9.6 million. Fourth place was The Battle at Lake Changjin with 3.8 million for a total of 888 million. It's now about 2 million, all from Wolf Warrior 2, and will become the biggest Chinese movie ever. Uh, while we knew this was likely the case over the past few weeks, it's still a record of being officially broken. And we got a sequel coming soon, which the numbers on that will be ones to watch. Now it's not just numbers in China that we got, some news on Hollywood movies. First off, we have official confirmation. The Matrix Resurrections has been approved by the government. Warner Brothers posted a poster on their Weibo account saying that it will be released in theaters nationwide soon. So while it's gotten the green light, it still needs a set date. Ideally for Warner Brothers, it'll be day and date with the American release to reduce the effect of pirated streams as it'll be the last film to do day and date on HBO Max. But the fact that it still got approved is a big win for them. Considering the studio's box office returns this year, they need the help. Along with this, it looks like we may have an update on Sony's Marvel films. This is from Oliver Chen on Twitter, so it's not official news yet, but something worth mentioning. He tweeted this week that No Way Home has gotten a release date and will be coming out January 14th, 2022. As for Venom, let there be carnage, well, it's not coming out at all. He tweeted that it was banned, but later explained that the government is not allowing Venom and some other films like Shang-Chi to be released until January 2022 at the earliest. With this being the case, the distributor is canceling the release plan for it. While we should take these tweets with a grain of salt, as the news has not come from any news site, what he is saying makes sense. I wonder if, assuming this is true, the reason the government is doing this is to help out High Mom and the battle at Lake Changjin. Right now they are 
the top two movies of 2021 in the world. They allowed Venom in. It could pass one or both. Quite unlikely, but there's a chance. And even more likely, I think this is why Spider-Man is getting their release in January. This way, as China brings in the new year, they can say, oh look, we had the two biggest movies in the world this year. Basically, this is for their image. They know, as Hollywood gets back to normal, they can't keep stopping the releases without good reason. But they can shape it so that looking at the box office history down the road, 2021 was the biggest one yet for Chinese films, especially on the 100th anniversary of the CCP. This also explains why they allow other Hollywood films, like Snake Eyes and Jungle Cruise, months after release, because at that point, their box office does not pose a threat. You know, Jungle Cruise wasn't going to make 700 million in China. <laughs> However, we will see if this is all true in the coming weeks as we look for official confirmation on No Way Home's release date and if any other changes happen. Looking at worldwide numbers, Ghostbusters Afterlife opened in some international markets to make 16 million for a worldwide opening weekend of 60 million. Ideally for Sony, the good word of mouth for the film will help carry it internationally. Otherwise, we are looking at a worldwide total being more domestic heavy. King Richard opened in even fewer markets than Ghostbusters and made 2.5 million for a worldwide opening weekend of 7.8 million. Eternals made 22.7 million for a worldwide total of 336.1 million. No Time to Die made 13.4 million to now have a worldwide total of 734 million. It has now passed F9 to be the biggest Hollywood film of the year and is also the third biggest film in the world for 2021. Clearly, under normal circumstances, this would have done 900 million and possibly even a billion. Venom Let There Be Carnage made 6.8 million for a total of 454.7 million, and Dune is at 367.1 million worldwide. Now, let's head to the news where we got another animated movie in the works. No, it's not another Dr. Seuss one, but theater owners' favorite, Trolls. That's right, Universal has confirmed DreamWorks is working on Trolls 3 and will be coming out November 17th, 2023, and it will have an exclusive theatrical release for at least 17 days. Ah yes, Trolls, all the way back at the beginning of the pandemic, it was Trolls World Tour going to PVOD that set off AMC and started all the mudslinging that would result in shorter exclusive windows for studio films. But yeah, as for a reason to make a third one, it's not surprising. It did do a decent amount at the box office where it was released, and PVOD, they mentioned... You know, within the first few weeks, it made $100 million in sales. So clearly, the franchise is still going. Makes sense. As part of everyone getting excited about the Matrix Resurrection, Warner Brothers has announced that the first Matrix film will be getting a limited IMAX release. This will be the first time it will be played on IMAX screens and will be in select theaters December 7th and 8th. I've noticed it seems early December, IMAX is making all sorts of deals for different releases to fill the screens before Spider-Man. I've noticed that on December 3rd, the new Sword Art Online film is being released domestically, and select theaters will also be playing in IMAX. Well, it is unlikely IMAX will continue to do this, it would be nice for more films to get played on IMAX than just the big blockbusters. In an interview for House of Gucci, Ridley Scott commented on the last duel bombing at the box office. This is specifically on the WTF podcast hosted by Mark Marin. He said, quote, I think what it boils down to, what we've got today. The audiences who were brought up on these fucking cell phones. The millennium the, do not ever want to be taught anything unless you're told it on a cell phone. End quote. He also went on to say that while it's also broadly the issue with Facebook and getting the wrong kind of confidence. Anyway, I wanted to bring it up because while I'm not here to call him out, he is wrong. I know he is 83, but he should understand the market Hollywood is in right now and that his people are not going to go to the theaters to watch a film about someone being raped. Sorry, 
that's just how it is. It does not matter how many big stars you throw at it. This has nothing to do with the quality of the film, which I hear is great. But taking a look at the most successful movies of the year, a lot of them are either superhero movies, like Shang-Chi or Venom, or feel-good movies like Free Guy. The most successful films that were serious this year were Dune and No Time to Die. That's it. Stopia understands the same thing is likely to happen with House of Gucci this weekend as well. Going international for the next story, and that is Malaysia, where as of now, they have actually banned the Battle of Lake Changjin. It was submitted for approval by the local distributor Mega Film Distribution, but afterwards, there was outrage online saying the film promotes communism, and the film was denied release. In Malaysia, communism is actually banned. If the government felt it promoted it, then I could see why they would not allow it to air. The film distributor says it does not promote communism, and will consider submitting the film again. Unless they make any edits to the film, I'm not sure that submitting the exact same film again will change anything. This does not affect the box office of the film that much, as the majority of its gross was always going to be from China anyway, but it's interesting to note right now the number one movie of 2021 is actually banned somewhere. For new trailers this week, we got two, kinda. The first is a trailer for the DC League of Super Pets movie coming out next year, and then we also got the prologue for Jurassic World Dominion, as Universal starts their marketing for it. Makes sense as it is their biggest film next summer and the finale of a trilogy. For VOD Premium, we got some news from all different companies this week. First, go to Comcast with NBC Universal, where it looks like they might be getting serious about Peacock, as in removing their content from Hulu. The Wall Street Journal has a great article about this, going over that in their contract with Disney. They have a one-time chance early in 2022 to start the process to remove their content. If they do so, it would be completed by the fall. If they decide not to, though, it will stay there until 2024, when the contract ends and Disney buys out the rest of Hulu. The article says that while executives are discussing the options, they have not come to an agreement yet. If I was them, I would do it. They already took the backlash from taking off the office and moving it to Peacock only, and no offense to their other shows, that is the only, only one everyone cares about. The only work they need to do if they decide to do this is what goes on the free tier and the paid one to get people interested in subscribing to it. But yeah, if they are serious and they want to grow the service, they need to do this. Otherwise, how can you convince more people that they need to keep subscribing to it? Last week, I mentioned Netflix's new top 10 and how it will be releasing more data on their shows. Well, let's talk about it. Over the past few weeks, Netflix has launched a new website called Top 10 on Netflix. Here, you can see the global top 10 or by country, and it is measured by hours watched weekly. This is better than the previous metric, which was to give viewership numbers based on who watched two minutes of a film or show. I've looked at the website, and the UI is nice with an easy-to-use layout. Hopefully, Netflix builds on this and can release more data, but for now, this is a step in the right direction. Finally, thanks to an exclusive report from Deadline, Amazon Studios is close to a deal to produce a Mass Effect TV show. No other details were reported, like would it be a series that takes place in-universe, or would it go over the first three games? If Amazon is willing to spend the money, this could be a great show. Having played the games, the universe and the lore behind it is big enough to have multiple stories without even touching the Reapers and the threat and the main trilogy. We will see if they confirm the deal is done. When, if they do confirm it, will they say what the show is going to focus on? But I'm cautiously optimistic. And that'll be it for this week's episode of Box Office Receipts. I don't have a question to ask anyone, just wanted to say Happy Thanksgiving anyone that celebrates it, and even if you don't, use this time off, if you have it, to catch up on some films. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.